Welcome to the Equip Podcast. Here you'll find conversations from people of all different walks of life, sharing their experiences, the things the Lord has taught them, and things to equip you. Equip is based on Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, that talks about equipping God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That is our goal here, to build you up and equip you through seasons of ups and downs in life. Welcome back to the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gibson, and this week I'm joined by Brittany Scott. Brittany has a story that's going to encourage you no matter where you are in life, but especially if you're walking through feelings of shame or guilt over decisions you've made or past that you've walked through. The Lord has done an incredible work in her life, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. Welcome, Brittany. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, we will dive right in. Um, will you tell us about um, the life and some of the things that you've walked through over the years? Yes, um, that's a lot to unpack. (laughs) So uh, I guess I'll just kind of start. When I was younger, um, I wasn't really the popular kid. So when I was finally accepted into a crowd, it was the drug addicts, um, the kids that just were looking to escape from something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I dove heavily into addiction for about 20 years. Um, It took me down a really, really bad path of self-destruction. I ended up losing my mother at one point. There were times when I would get clean and um, then something, I I wasn't truly devoted to God. So things, something would happen and that would just, um, it would send me straight back down to the spiral. Um, So losing my mother was one of the the biggest things that happened. Um, And I had, at that time, I had already lost one of my children. And when my mother died, I lost my other two children. So um, I've lost three children. What do you mean to by addiction? Lost? Uh, well, I would. Um, they would find out that I was using drugs, and they would drug test me, and they took my kids. And I could have gotten clean, and I could have gotten them back, um, but I just I wasn't strong enough. Um, I wasn't ready to, and I didn't know how at the time. I didn't even see the problem that I was, even after all of that, after all of the destruction that had happened, I still couldn't look at myself in the mirror and say, you are the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a long time. It took um, two prison um, uh, sentences for me to actually have enough time. The second one was a three-year sentence, and it gave me the time that I needed to really focus on myself. It gave me all that time to stay off of drugs, um, away from people I knew, because they they send you all over the place. So, and I knew no one where I was sent to, and it just gave me so much time to focus on God, who I I knew would could bring me out of the addiction in the first place. I just, I don't know. I just I never gave him the time to really do the work in me, but that three year sentence did it. Um, it really opened my eyes to see myself for who I was and the things that I had done and. And forgive myself more than anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of addicts um, have a problem coming out of it because they start with something small and they the, the shame and the guilt just starts piling on mm-hmm. to the to the point where it's so heavy that the only way to keep yourself alive is to continue to do the drugs because then you don't feel the pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ever allow God, like I did, thank thank you, Jesus. <laughs> For that, um, if you ever allow him to really, really heal you from the inside out, he can do it and he will do it. And he did it for me. And I'm so grateful for it. (laughs) So what was the final point when you realized I'm the problem and I can't fix myself? Only Jesus can do this. 
I think it was to the point um, that at the last prison sentence before I was um, when I was still out on the streets, he had taken everything from me. My children were gone. My mother was gone. She was my last, the last person, no matter what I did, she would be by my, she would be by my side. Um, my sisters had completely given up on me. Everyone had, I had no one. I was literally living on the streets. And I think that bringing me to rock bottom like that is what really opened my eyes to see that he was the only person I had left, you know, and I had been a Christian since I was, you know, a little girl. I knew the truth, Mm -hmm. but I had strayed so far and put so much, so much in between me and God that, that I just felt like I couldn't even, I didn't even want to look upon him because I was so dirty, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's um, really what, what woke me up was the fact that there was no one left. It was just him. So how did you, so you go to prison for three years. What happened after that? Well, while in prison, um, I'm studying the word, I'm getting closer to Jesus, having a real relationship. I I had attempted it a couple of times, Mm -hmm. but never really gave him all of the deepest, darkest darkest parts of me that he needed to shine light on in in order for me to heal. Mm -hmm. Addiction is a disease. And it, you can heal from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but it's going to take the redemption of Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. That's it. Um, that it's the only thing that can actually change you. In my case, anyway, it was. Um, and I decided when I was in there, and I, I think he led me to that, um, to move, to go to a transitional home. Like I said, no, there was no one behind me anymore. Um, to go to a transitional home. Uh, seven and a half hours away from Tyler uh, in Amarillo. It was called Patsy's Place. Best thing I ever did. They get you to a place where um, they, for four months, you stay in this program and they help you to get a job after the four months and they help you to get a car. So they don't just throw you out on the streets. Mm-hmm. They help you to put your life back together. And now the whole while, continuing to pour into you with love and and the word and um, just amazing things to give you the tools to succeed. And I'm pretty sure that was one of my main game changers, too, because they had loved on me. These people didn't know anything about me. They didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And they loved on me the whole way through. And it it really, really helped me to see that um, God was on my side. And he wasn't just on my side to do his word and inside of me. He was he was pouring into me through other people. And that was that was amazing. <laughs> We've talked about this on a couple of other podcasts this season, but it's so cool when you take a chance and you take a step back to look at God's kindness, even in the midst of suffering or hard situations, like looking at the way that he puts people in your life or just brings certain things to light that you're like, oh my God, could do that. And like his kindness, like to have these people that had no idea who you were that would step in and just love you anyways, like I love that God gives us that community and people to do that for us. Oh, man, me too. I, it's amazing. And there, there is so many other places and people and churches and people that want to do that for people. They mm-hmm. just, it literally takes you surrendering. You mm-hmm. just, you have to give it up. You, ha- you have to ask for the help or you'll never get it. Yeah. So after that um, prison stay and you got clean, did you get your kids back? I did not get my kids back. Um I don't know if that's ever in the cards for me, but I will tell you this. After the way that God has healed my heart, before um, I was, before he did this this work in me, I was so angry. I was angry at my sisters, and, and that was completely irrational. You know, they had stepped in. 
when the courts took my children, my sisters didn't take my children. The courts did because I was unfit. You know, I was they were never abused, but they that is abuse to not. I mean, you can't be on drugs and you can't to be able to take care of your children properly. You just yeah. can't. I um, he just he really opened my eyes to see like what what my my sisters had done for my children. All these years, they have loved them like their own, you know, and what a blessing that is. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I don't feel the shame and the guilt so heavy on me anymore that that I can't be happy for where they are because they are loved and they are shown Jesus and they are poured into by my sisters and the churches that they go to and all of my other family members. So and in the end, um, it, it's not holding me down anymore. It's I'm still able to walk forward knowing that they're OK. That's awesome. Do you have a relationship with them at all? I do not. Um, I haven't in the past year. My, me and my high school sweetheart um, got married. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and he, um, back in, in those times in the high school and um, after high school, uh, that's when my drug addiction was really strong. And he was an addict as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he also went to prison, changed his life. We hadn't talked in probably three years at that point. And we reconnected, and my sisters don't see, um, they don't, they, it's hard for them to understand that I would go back to him, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a changed person like I am. And I hope that one day that they'll be able to see that. Yeah. Well, and it's hard for the people closest to us to love people that have hurt us because they come, they tend to come to our aid and they want to, they want the best for us. And so sometimes that is hard, but I love how seeing in your story and know your husband's story too, how the Lord can change people, even people that you wouldn't expect. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And, and just, and just that alone uh, makes me know that that God is doing this great work in our lives. Even if, you know, I don't have my children right now, Mm -hmm. I know that he's still watching over them. I pray for them daily. Mm -hmm. I I know they're covered. Mm -hmm. And I know that one day that they will see too um, where our hearts were at in the moment. And, I also pray for my sisters that they will as well. Such a good perspective. Um, is there a particular scripture that has um, helped you as you've walked through addiction and prison and losing your kids and all of it? Well, um, during the time, I probably didn't hold on to any scriptures, but I'll say through my redemption, um, Psalms 41 through 2 has been my my main scripture. It says, He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Or in one translation, it says, he gave me a firm place to stand. This scripture is my story. He literally pulled me from the fire I had placed myself in due to the choices I made. His mercy and grace, they are so real to me. He's the only reason I am here today, and I will forever give him all the praise and glory. Mm, I love that. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. <laughs> Such a good one. Um, how has the Lord used your story? Well, um, he opened up a door for me to be able to go to prison ministry with Debbie. And I I never even saw that coming. Now, I know that Debbie, I know Debbie's story and her son. And I think that's why I really click with Debbie because she knows the the hardship of, of where I've been through, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And these ladies, they need they need to know that they are cared for, that people love them in in the midst of your shame and guilt when it's so heavy on top of you because mm-hmm. of the choices you've made. It's usually not what someone else has done to you. It's it's what you've done to yourself. Um, you need someone to tell you that you can forgive yourself. 
you know, you can walk out of this and you, you can, you can change. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm so grateful for God opening that door for me to be able to love on these women. And I did get to share my story once I cried through the whole thing, (laughs) but I was, I I think every time that I share it, it's, it's going to get easier for me. Mm -hmm. And they'll, but they, they just, they, they just welcomed me with open arms. They were so grateful about, you know, for me to share what I had been through and how God had opened up to me to this new life that I had, I don't deserve. I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve to be, you know, walking free today, but I am so grateful um, that he is, he has allowed me to do so. Was it weird for you to go back into a prison? Uh, so weird. I was sweating so <laughs> bad. I was pouring sweat and everybody around me, I know they were probably like, are you okay? Because <laughs> then we get in there and we worship. I mean, mm-hmm. we just, and if you could see these, I wish we could take more pictures or videos so people could see these women worshiping God. They're in, they're in this horrible pit of despair. And that, I'm telling you, that's what prison is. It is despair if you mm-hmm. allow it to be. Um, but they are just pouring their heart out to God. And it is so beautiful. It is amazing. Oh, it gives me chills. <laughs> um, how have you worked through, you've mentioned the shame and the guilt that you felt. How did you work through that and really let go of that to step into the freedom that Christ has given you? I think the main thing was for me to um, continue to dig in the scriptures because mm-hmm. they tell you how um, who you are in Christ, not what you've done, not, you know, all of the things that you've you've done in your past. It's it's about who you are because of what Jesus did. Um and forgiveness. That forgiveness that he gave he has extended to me. He told I mean it was like he, I could hear him talking. You have to extend it to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, forgive others, but if you don't forgive yourself, you, I'm never going to walk forward. I'm always going to carry that baggage. And I think that's that was the game changer for me to truly forgive myself. And be able to see myself, how God sees me. How did you do that? <laughs> Just opening my heart to him. I think there were a lot of dark places in my heart, even after, you know, not doing the drugs anymore, that he needed to light up. Mm-hmm. Um, all of all of the choices I had made and all of the hurt and the pain from other people, too. You know, there there was a lot of that in the midst of my addiction. And I, just for him to open up those dark places and for me to surrender my full heart to him. Not just the pieces that I wanted to give up, mm-hmm. but all of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, anything else that you want to share about your story and what the Lord has brought you through? Um, well, I think that pretty much sums it up. There's so much to it. Um, I just really hope that um, He opens more doors for me to be able to share my story. Not everybody's going, uh, it's going to touch them the way it would somebody that's walked through something similar or they've lost their children and they don't know how how to keep keep going you know mm-hmm. how do you how do you even keep living even if you're not um doing drugs or you know you're you're doing better but how do you deal with the fact that you may never get them back you know mm-hmm. it's hard but i'm going to tell you the only person in the world that can do anything about it is jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and reminding ourselves that jesus loves our people more than we do so and true. so he's going to take care of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, d- I don't even worry about that. I know mm-hmm. that he is. I know that he is. I love that. I love your perspective and your willingness to be vulnerable and share what the Lord has brought you through and how he's just redeemed your life and your story. And 
getting to see you now and just <laughs> how well you're doing. It's It's been such a joy and a pleasure. Thank, um, you. thank you for sharing your story with us. We have two questions we ask all of our guests um, on every episode. The first is, what are you learning? And the second is, what are you loving? Okay, I'm going to go a little bit deep here. Um, Love it. <laughs> learning. My daddy recently um, came to me one night, and my daddy uh, is a very devout Christian, loves the Lord. And I'm not talking about just Christian. I'm talking about he's spirit-filled. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came to me, and he opened my eyes up to the fact that we are truly in the last days. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the way that God is pouring out his spirit through these revivals mm-hmm. and all over the world, these aren't just happening in America. They're happening everywhere. All of the signs are pointing to um, th- this is the last days. Um, and he warned me to get my foot out of the world. And I think what he wasn't necessarily saying, you know, stop, you know, doing these bad things because I'm, I'm really not doing these bad things. But what he's saying is that I need to stop focusing on the s- social media and the things that, that are trying to be poured into us mm-hmm. and let God pour into me more. Mm-hmm. Get back in the scripture and deep, like daily, mm-hmm. like all the time. Mm-hmm. When I have a few minutes here and I have a few minutes there, Listen to someone speak, you know, someone speaking the truth. Get in the word instead of spending my time on these mindless things mm-hmm. that are drawing me farther away. And that really, it hit me hard because I've been, I've been, you know, where I didn't really know what was going on. And I don't want to be that way anymore. I want the Holy Spirit to move through me. I want him, I want to know when Jesus is coming. I don't want to be just sitting around not knowing he's coming. He's going to tell us when he's coming. The Holy Spirit is going to enlighten that to us. And I can't wait for that. Yes. <laughs> I want to be ready. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and the Bible talks about in the Gospels about how um, he's going to come in the night and we need to be ready because we don't know the exact hour or time that he's coming back. Um, well, not necessarily come in the night. The analogy is in the night. He could come in the middle of the day. But in the Gospels, it talks about there will be some that are ready and there will be some that aren't ready. And so really making ourselves ready and prepared. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. So all my life, I thought when Jesus comes back, he takes everyone that's a Christian. It's not so. Those that are not ready and watching, because he's talking, when my dad brought the lamp, the um, the brides uh, or brides, yeah, waiting with their lamps. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't have enough oil. They weren't ready. They had to go get their oil. So they missed going with the bridegroom. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this whole time, you know, I've been thinking, well, I'm saved. Everything's going to be fine. But if I'm not watching and I'm not waiting and I'm not listening to what he's saying to me, I won't be ready. You know, and I just I was like, that opened my heart. to See, something. and you oh, get into end times and that and Revelation. There's so many different perspectives on that passage of Scripture and it's others true. about how he's going to come, when he's going to come, who he's going to take. I mean, we could sit here all day and have conversations oh, from all kinds of different perspectives. <laughs> and true. so... I think that is what it's so important to just take it back to Scripture and lean into what the Lord is teaching you. What's something you're loving? Um, Something I'm loving is just the way God's drawing me near to Him. Um, That kind of went with what I was saying then, you know, how I just had gotten complacent, I think, in my, you know, just normal everyday routine, Um, you know, go to Bible study, go to church, which those are great things. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't spending the time that I needed with him personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just loving the way that he's drawing me near, especially in our Isaiah Isaiah Bible study on Tuesday nights. 
who is really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I've been really hearing good, good things. I'm telling you, the girls at our table, I don't know these women from Adam. I've, I've never met them before, mm-hmm. this Bible study. And we have just dug so deep and we're having these conversations and talking about real things, not, you know, just what she had for dinner or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're going deep and I, I'm really, really, really loving that. I love that. I swear every conversation I have with Debbie right now, Isaiah gets quoted in some way. <laughs> There's the a whole lot in those Isaiah. That is how you know that somebody is digging into scripture is when it's continually coming up in conversation and you can see, oh, this actually applies to this situation and this situation. Like it's so cool how the Lord just opened your eyes um, yes. to see how it applies to our everyday lives. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Brittany, thanks for coming and sharing your story with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Equip Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode drops. And follow us on social media to stay connected. We're at GABC underscore women. See you next time.